Listening to Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. Today's episode is a discussional podcast episode. Where we talk about the news that seems important to us, dive into our community, answer some great questions from our community members, and then say goodbye. So, how's the last couple weeks, Chris? Been doing pretty good. How are you? Good. Just just tired all the time now. <laughs> I know, right? On stuff. <laughs> Demolition's fun. Uh, but yeah, other than that, um, pretty much just playing Corpse Party on live stream, because that's been fun, getting copyright claimed by mages. Thank you, mages. And Genshin? I think that's, oh yeah, Fake Grand Order. <laughs> playing, playing Fake Grand Order just so I can get the Saint Quartz for free, and then trying to roll for uh, Space Ishtar, which I finally got her. Good. And yes, no, and I'm sorry, not yes. No, Carbon, I didn't get her because her Noble Phantasm has like a galaxy size version of Ren that shoots stuff. <laughs> I, I'm surprised that wasn't brought up, but maybe he just doesn't know about that. Or just didn't realize that. Hmm. But right. no, that was not why. It is funny, though, because if you... It's based on which version of her that you are, like, because they have different skins. If you're the one that looks like Han Solo, whenever she uses her Noble Phantasm, she's like, isn't that a bit much or something like that? Because this big old thing appears and she's a bunch of lasers. So it's kind of funny. I like whenever they do the different types. Yeah, nothing special happened in Genshin other than just the really crappy rhythm game they introduced for a while there. <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, thinking about it earlier. I um, I need to check out the um, On Me OG thing again because I was getting uh, experience books in there, and I was going to mention that we may we may need to start taking that a little bit more serious. If that's a repeatable dungeon and you get uh, experience books every time you go in there, I don't know if it's... One the first time you go through and clear it, because I think it's uh, repeatable. Yeah, I doubt it's going to be something you could just keep getting stuff out of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's no way they would let us have repeatable, and and it's probably just like it's it's supposed to be procedurally generated or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's probably like limited how many are in each floor or something like that. Some limit to it. They can't be completely open, but that would be cool. Just not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, just getting up, caught up on the series and doing first impressions on all the shows. I think I'm down to like three or four more shows, question mark. That's 60 shows. <laughs> Something like 60 shows. A lot to go through, but it's been fun. 
it's been fun. A lot of really great shows this season that we're diving into. We'll probably do our first impressions next week, question mark. So no, no promises, but I think that's when we'll probably do it. So look forward to that. If you guys are podcast listeners and don't watch my videos, mean people. <laughs> but yeah, good stuff, good stuff. But uh, yeah, I guess we jump into the news. That seems important to us. That should be important to you because it's important to us. Uh, we have our first one is the Dawn of the Witch TV anime is set to get a premiere date of, or it's not set to, has gotten a premiere date of April 22nd, and this is officially announced on the official Twitter account for Kodansha's Poke app, so good stuff there. For fans of Grimoire of Zero, obviously it's a, apparently a, based in the Grimoire of Zero series world, which we got one season of and never again, <laughs> so Looking forward to that. has a has some great character signs in it, so I'm looking forward to seeing that series as it comes out next year. That'll be interesting. I don't think we have I don't think we have a PV yet, which would be cool to see what it looks like. But good stuff. Excited for that. Uh, good news for Kaguya-sama: Love Is War season three. Of course, it was already announced they were going to have a third season, but we finally got a debut of a debut debut of April 2022. So going to be in the spring season of next year. The subtitle for it is Kaguya-sama's Love is War Ultra Romantic. So, hopefully it gets a lot more personal with the characters. I, I think they're getting pretty close. <laughs> I know we, we gotta do the whole will-they-won't-they they thing for forever, but maybe we'll finally get some some actual reciprocation of love and stuff happening between the two of the characters. So, good stuff. It'll be interesting, because that that one, uh, we we were hearing that they were... Uh, finalizing out the 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 uh, store or the manga, didn't they? Or the light novel? Mm-hmm. Manga, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Excited for that. Um, let's see here. Studio Yostar Pictures has announced on Twitter that they are producing an original golf anime. The story, the title is going to be Sora Iro Utility or Sky Blue Utility. The director has already been set as Kingo Saito, who has apparently worked on as an animation director for Kiznaiver, Little Witch Academia, and SSS Dino Zenon. So, want an ex-trigger person there. So, finally, some golf. There you go. <laughs> some somebody made a joke in one of the dis, one of the threads for the news was like, I wonder how many times they'll claim they're doing research and go out golfing. <laughs> Like I think that's pretty much every single show and everything. They just do like, okay, we gotta we gotta do some research. Gotta take some pictures of the locales. Uh, we'll be back later. <laughs> then they go out somewhere and start taking pictures. So it's it's if with every show, but at least they get to do some golfing at the same time. If you enjoy golfing, I I've never been a fan of golfing, but cute girls doing golfing, sure, sure. <laughs> cute girls in anime always manage to bring me into uh, environments that I never care about before. Like hockey and stuff, so why not? <laughs> Cute At least they're it. not boxing it out in in hockey. Yeah, it's true. I, I yet, yet, <laughs> yet. But yeah, good stuff there. Good stuff there. Looking forward to that one. Uh, speaking of another sports type show that's coming up, we have TV Asahi and Leiden Films have announced they are working on an original badminton anime. <laughs> This one is called Ryman's Club, and the anime focuses on badminton players on a corporate team with characters who work a day at a day job in a company and also play badminton. The story centers around Mikoto Shiratori, a childhood prodigy at badminton, but who never 
recovered from a major loss during high school competition. Now, he works in sales department of a sunlight beverage company playing mad badminton on the side. These guys look really depressed. Like, they don't look happy. Well, that's because it's a it, it, it's supposedly a girl sport. It's got to be cool guys in the picture, but they look all, like, super mad. That, uh, it's like we went from, like, original golf anime with cute girls smiling and happy to play golf, which is typically, yes, a guy's sport, to badminton, which is, yeah, you can claim typically a girl's sport, and these guys don't look happy. It's like we we're switching roles here, and the roles are and the characters aren't happy. It's just, just okay, sure. Yeah, they they they're uh they're hardcore about that. And they, they they um when some of the first um uh, captured video from from Japan was was these ladies playing a version of it. It wasn't exactly badminton, but yeah, that's they they they're pretty hardcore about how. That is a very girl sport in, in in Japan. Apparently, apparently, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not the foremost. Well, that's okay because they'll probably be a bunch of pretty boys. Mm-hmm. They are. They're already looking pretty, pretty boy. But like I said, they're looking pretty. Like we're pretty but tough, and we're mad. <laughs> we're really mad. We take this maybe, game super maybe, serious. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, we're taking it Maybe it's like a thing where they just their jobs make them so depressed that even when they go play badminton in the evening, they're still depressed. It could go that route. I don't know. That one guy looks like he's smirking about it. Maybe, maybe he's just like. Maybe he likes it. He likes being. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he likes being upset. Who knows? Oh gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is great. Punish me more. Punish <laughs> me more. You know that's supposed to be. Punish me more. Uh, okay. Well, if they're going to be depressed, let's move on to happy things, which is the film for quintess- quintessential quintuplets anime is set to air in summer 2022. So. We got an airing date for it, at least, or at least a theater showing date. But uh, yeah, this was official. This was announced officially on the. I keep saying officially on the official, <laughs> officially on the official Twitter account. So yeah, good stuff. Looking forward to that one. I don't and know if that's supposed a, to cap out the story or what. You don't think that's just the beach episode? Yes, it's just a beach episode. The there film is just a beach episode. <laughs> the key art is them in bikinis. So. Which is technically they've had beach episodes, so maybe just a, an official film, like film budget and quality beach episode. There you go. That's incredible. That's that's some good stuff right there. So yeah, I didn't put it in my list here, and it reminds me, but uh, they did show that there is going to be an OVA for uh, Miss Kobayashi Dragon Maid S when they released the Blu-ray, and they already released a trailer for it, and it looks like the girl from. She wasn't from New York, but she met her in New York. That kind of met in New York. She's going to come over to Japan, and they're going to hang out, and then they're going to go to New York, and then so they are going to meet. the two The two girls are going to meet. What's her name? Not Kana. Kana's friend. Kana's friend and that other girl will meet. So it's going to make a paradox. Like it's going to break the world. Hmm. Looks cute though. Looks like a lot a lot of fun episode. So yeah, moving on. We have Star Channel has announced that Hideaka Anno, of course, is known for doing the Evangelion series. Uh, is supervising the Shin Complete Thunderbirds. This is, of course, a digest version of the 60s Thunderbirds TV series and features HD remastered footage. So, kind of excited for that. I remember watching Thunderbirds a long time ago. It was pretty cool. So, to see them kind of remastering it is pretty cool. I don't think I've ever actually heard they're remastering, so it's kind of exciting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's apparently supposed to be airing in 2022. So, cool stuff. Excited for that. I'm not sure what... I don't, 
not to sound mean, but I don't know that I care that it's Hideaki Hano that's supervising it. Oh, he's trying to get on the same level as the butcher. You know he is. What? Oh, just like namesake? Yeah. He's, he, he, I he think seems, he's, he's far seems, well known more than Hideaki Anno, Chris. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> more than uh, Jinobuchi. Possibly. But, yeah. Possibly, no. He's far more known than Jinobuchi. <laughs> okay. The butcher. The butcher. But, uh, sorry, what'd you say? I just was saying that he's trying to do the same thing. That's all. Oh. He wants to kill characters? I don't know. Uh, just that uh, Urobuchi uh, did did puppets, and so now he's doing it. Oh, okay. I get you. I get you. Okay. I get you. Uh, see here. Crunchyroll has begun streaming over-the-sky anime films. So if you even want to check that out, you can check it out on Crunchyroll. Probably exciting for Chris, as they did finally get the Hajime no Ippo TV series and OVAs. I did see that. So I was I was going to say, Andrew, you need to start getting on that. That's okay. Eventually, maybe. But that's not on my high priority list of shows I need to finish watching. I know, right? <laughs> but I'll add it to a list. Uh, also, they have the first season of Tawawa on Mondays, so yay there. I, I, I unfortunately had to go look oh, for other methods in order to re, re uh, I guess, acquaint myself with the incredibly difficult-to-understand storyline of Tawawa on Mondays. <laughs> but there you go. And finally, they have the best of all of them. Gravitation TV and OVA is now on their catalog. So exciting stuff there. People can check out Gravitation. I did a review on it if you want to check out our podcast episode on it. So it's exciting. It's very exciting. (laughs) Uh, Some extremely good news. Uh, During a special event for Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagataro, it was announced that the manga will be getting a second season adaptation to surprise nobody. Because I think that was pretty successful. So... (laughs) I guess it just depend on if they had enough content for a second season, but yeah, that's really exciting news. Really great series, a lot of fun. So it's good to see it's getting a second season. I think it's one of those ones where it's like progressively, you know, advancing the characters, unlike you know many other series. So to get more of it definitely means that we're probably gonna get into more stuff that makes the characters a little more, their relationship a little more interesting. I'll just say that. So excited? Yes, definitely. I was expecting a response from you, and I was getting nothing. No, I was trying to read what she was saying. Oh. All right. Uh, during a Zombieland Saga uh, event, they announced that they, a new anime film has been announced and works for the series. So, exciting stuff. Getting more Zombieland Saga. Wait, I think we kind of assumed that we're going to get a movie from it. I don't remember what we were talking about, but I remember we were talking, we were suggesting that they would probably end up doing a movie for this or something like that, but... It's good to know. It's ex- exciting. I, I think they do that a lot with the with anime anymore. Is a couple seasons in a movie. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, because then we have to wait forever for the movie to come over here. Yeah, right. But no, maybe maybe somebody will pick it up early. Netflix or something will pick it up early. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. The official Twitter account for I'm sorry, I'm jumping forward. Uh, during a live stream event celebrating uh, Wata Ten, a film project was announced for the manga to be in works. Uh, it's going to be Wata 10 Precious Friends film, which is going to be opening in 2022. I think I've seen this pop up on my feed on Twitter, and I immediately went, yes, more. I didn't I didn't quite know, based on the translation, if it was a film or TV. I was pretty sure it was film, because I think they said something about theatric. And I was like, okay, cool. I don't I don't know if it's going to be a, re, like a theatrical telling of the series or a brand new film, but whatever it is, more Wata 10, I'm perfectly happy with. So that's good stuff. And Doug Kobo, of course, will be working on it. Been a while since we had that one, so it, it, it'll be nice to to get those girls back. 
It was like, what, 2019? I think it was 2019. But still, way super cute. Really fun series. So Yeah, it said 2019 down there. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. The official Twitter account for DinaZenon has announced that... Uh, the SSSS DinaZenon has announced that <laughs> they have announcements coming in winter for the next installment of the Gridman universe. So, there you go. The announcement of announcement. We always love announcements of announcements, but look forward to that, I guess, in winter. I'm sure it'll probably be like a spring or a summer show, whatever it does come out. But there's probably going to be a movie. We just talked about that. Everything <laughs> is two, two series and then a movie. Always. So... There you go. Uh, Cloverworks has announced that it is producing a new original anime TV series. It's called Tokyo 24-Ku, or Tokyo 24th Ward. Uh, its debut is set for January 2022. The director, Naokotsu Suda, will be working on it, who worked on the first series of Jojo Star Adventure. Uh, Vio Shimokura of Nitro Plus is credited for the writing. Uh, Takahiro Kishida is doing the character designs, of course, did Bakano and Durarara. The series anime takes place in the artificial island floating in Tokyo Bay named Kyokuto Horigai Tokubetsu Chiku, or Far East Special District Outside of the Law. It's a really weird name. Uh, nicknamed the 24th Ward. The manga centers around three childhood friends born and raised on the island, Ron, Koki, and Shuta. The three have different social standings, hobbies, and personalities, but they're always hanging out together. But their relationship will change dramatically after a certain incident. At the memorial ceremony one year after the incident, the three happen to meet again, and all their phones start to ring at once. The phone call is from a friend they thought was dead, urging them to choose the future. Choose the future. Each young man will, uh, will believe in their own way of doing things to protect the future of people in the 24th Ward. I'm guessing they're going to fight each other have to they all have their own way of the future choose the future sounds interesting yeah sounds pretty good got some more uh doodada art style which is always good too so very unique interesting cloverwork's been doing some good stuff lately so i'll i'll, I'll trust in them i'll trust in them uh some big news i'm sure most people that care would already know but <laughs> mob psycho 100 is getting a third season uh, the only interesting thing that is kind of surrounding this is that the director will be a different director go- working on this one. Uh, the director is Takahiro Hasui, who did the uh, some work for Skates the Infinity. So, interesting stuff. The old director has apparently been assigned as the executive director, so probably will still be involved somehow. But um, I think we'll. I think I think they'll still do a good job. It's been a big hit, so I'm not really too worried. Still has the same studio and other stuff involved with it, so exciting. Just I wasn't pa- passing torches. Yeah, I wasn't too big of a fan of the first season. The second season really did kind of ramp up things, and as always, has some incredible animation. So exciting, exciting. Lovely Superstar is getting a second season, which is a surprise to literally nobody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think every single Love Live series has at least two seasons. So, uh, but yeah, it was been announced on the official Twit YouTube channel. For the Love Live franchise, so more Love Live is incoming. I don't know if they've announced a date or anything yet. I'm assuming probably spring, but we'll we'll see. I I need to get finished up that series. I'm like halfway through it, so yeah, <laughs> and it with, just ended. With where I'm at right now, it, it, it there's there's no way that they they're finishing everything up in the time that they're doing right now. 
Yeah, it was kind of, since they didn't really initially have it announced, I was assuming that it was going to have a second season just because, they, like I said, they always have two seasons or two cores at least. But my question was really around, okay, well, it technically does have a smaller cast than typical, so I can see it only doing one core because it doesn't have a boatload of characters to go through, like some nine-plus characters to go through. But still, I, I think it's still good to have at least two cores to kind of... Because it was slowly bringing in the group together. Like, I was still not to the part where everybody was in the party. So, <laughs> obviously, it needed some time to build the group rather than all coming together at the very beginning. Which they don't typically do. They usually take a few episodes to get everybody, the entire band together, so to speak. Yeah, well, I, I'm just leaning on the on the fact that, yeah, technically they've done some Love Live uh, so far. But they, they haven't gotten to Love Live. So, um the namesake of the show has not been ha- has not happened yet, so technically it can't be ready. It can't be done yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff, though. Uh, new PV has been released for Dress Up My Darling or Dress Up Darling. Sorry, Dress Up Darling TV anime. Uh, it reveals a January twenty twenty two premiere. So exciting stuff there. I the thing I noted when I watched the PV for this is like it's its lines are super sharp, like almost pixelated super sharp, which doesn't don't really see often in anime. I think there's a few shows that I can count on, top, on one hand how many actually have this kind of art style where everything's super sharp. But it is kind of funny to see, you can actually see the pixels. That's how sharp the outlines of the characters are. So interesting. I, I thought maybe I was crazy for a second, but no, it looks like he's, he's uh, making dolls or something. But yeah, the character artwork is freaking gorgeous. Yeah. Just wait till she gets in her Kuro Neko outfit. That's where you'd be excited. Oh, and then you click on it. Oh my gosh. Yes. Kuro Neko character. Yes, please. I, I must. The, she I has must to have the this. She does the Kuro Neko thing. Like she's blonde and everything, and then she goes to like the, you know, the black outfit, goth Lolita. So. I absolutely must watch this. Yeah. Looks good, though. Uh, pretty much centers around a guy that does cosplay design or does design, and then this girl who's like a gyaru wants him to make outfits for her. So looks cute, definitely looks cute. Looking forward to that one. Don't have far to, don't have too long to wait, I guess. Uh, moving on, we have Yumi In- Unita is set to release a new one-shot manga titled Doto Frost Flowers or Frost Flowers of Doto. Uh, this is apparently, of course, the mangaka who did. Bunny drop, so it, you don't have to worry. It's only a one shot. <laughs> it's only a one shot. <laughs> Can't mess it up like bunny drop. Uh, but yeah, fans of bunny drop, I'm sure you're probably excited for that one. So good stuff, good stuff. Uh, Netflix adds Ghibli's earwig and the witch for worldwide outside U.S. and Japan <laughs> November 18th. So if you're not in U.S. and not in Japan, be excited for earwigs to show up on. Netflix, because obviously somebody else has Earwig here. I think it was, uh, yeah, HBO Max has Earwig. So this one is one that I'm I'm very mixed on watching because it Goro because it's CGI and Ghibli, that, yeah, not really a CGI group that for our brains, yeah, and plus the fact that Goro Goro has always had some really really he's not he he gets put on the same level as I think it's it's uh, the best way to put it is he people try to put him in the same level as um is it his uncle or his dad? Hayao Miyazaki? Yeah. 
I think it's his dad. Is it his dad? They keep they keep trying to put him on the same level as him, and he's not the same level. I, I, I either think, because he doesn't put have him his... on the same level as Hayao Miyazaki. <laughs> yes, yeah, just... but anyway, he 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 doesn't measure up in the same same realm. But he's he's obviously trying, and it's it's frustrating because his his stuff is okay. Um. But I yeah, think it's, it's sad. I think it's sad for him that he will always be like just his son. Like <laughs> you're never gonna be at the level of him. Yeah, and he it, probably feels a necessity too. Like he probably is pressured by people to, I guess, carry on carry on the legacy. But you're doing it wrong when you do CGI. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, <laughs> you're doing it wrong, and you have to have more cherry cigarettes. I don't. Even, I don't even think he smokes. You gotta have cherry cigarettes. You don't have to inhale them. Just you just gotta have them. Just put it in your mouth. Don't light it. Cherry cigarette. Probably just sick of them in general, and doesn't go nowhere near. <laughs> he smells them. them everywhere. He's like, I don't want to smell those cherry. It's cigarettes. permanently burned in his nose. Oh, uh, every time I smell anything, I don't smell anything but cherry cigarettes. Ah, uh, but yeah, be excited for that if you're outside the U.S. and Japan. Like I said, I think it's on HBO Max if you want to watch it in the U.S. Um, I think it's also available for like rent and stuff on Amazon and on Apple TV. So it's available, just not Netflix. Uh, you thought that you would get some, some th- something Ghibli on Netflix again? Ha 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 ha, never. Uh, just outside of, of U.S. Anyways, we go on. We have, during a 20th anniversary event for The Prince of Tennis, a new anime series was announced to premiere in 2022. So, Prince of Tennis fans, be excited. Uh, it's The Prince of Tennis 2 U17 World Cup. So, exciting stuff for those that... Like Prince of Tennis, which is extremely successful, just not our, not our game. Uh, Fire Force manga has entered its final arc. This was announced on Kodansha's weekly Shonen magazine, so if you have been reading the manga, I guess you could be excited for its final arc. Like, draw, I don't even think I finished the second season, did I? I don't think so. It's kind of, kind of just petered off for me, unfortunately. I, I, and I think I'd, if I was going to go read the manga, I'd probably just go read... Um, Soul Eater manga rather than that, but it had its moments. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be excited for more. I think it's already got an announcement for another season, doesn't it? Maybe not. I thought, for some reason, I thought that they had announced a second season or another, a third season, technically. I don't remember. Netflix has announced that they will be adding Kuroko's Basket last game as well as JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind in November, so. Be excited for those two things. I'm, I'm sure that there is a huge. I'm not. I'm, I'm not that saying. I'm, I'm sure it's there is a huge audience for Kuroko Basket. So I'm sure that's a that's a big one, a big win for for Netflix. Uh, the official Twitter account for Arc Knights has announced that it will be getting an anime TV series. The production will be done by YoStar Pictures, of course, because I think this is pretty much the same company. So exciting stuff. I watched the trailer. I think they have one, but it's for like a final. Or an anniversary, so I don't think we really have anything to look at yet, but I guess exciting. <laughs> I don't know. I Be careful what you wish for, because I think the other one that we have, another announcement was the girls' frontline TV anime, and it's just not that good looking. I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll get a good production on Arc Knights, but typically these mobile game adaptations, unless it's fake Grand Order, don't get really good quality. So Good stuff there, I guess. Are you still playing Arc Knights? Or did you ever stop playing? Did you ever start playing Ark Knights? I don't think I ever started. You just Girls Frontline. Yeah, Girls Frontline I did. Oh. Because Ark Knights was the one with that was the tower defense, right? 
and then Girls Frontline was the the one where it has like the map grid map thing, and they walk around. Oh, and maybe fight. I did play uh, Ark Knight. I don't I remember. It, I thought you did. I never got into because that one. Because it was I got a into, tower defense. I think that's probably why I checked it out. I think that's probably why I didn't. <laughs> but like I said, I did do the Girls Frontline, and that just kind of I got tired of it really quickly. But yeah, for those that like Girls Frontline, TV anime is set to premiere in January 2022. So be excited for that like i said there's a trailer available it doesn't look very good but i don't know maybe the pv just has the worst shots i mean it's got some decent art style to it but it doesn't look very well animated but we'll yeah, see yeah that's well that that's that's the main the main reason why i was uh, attracted to either of those was the the character artworks yeah that's that's how they get you that's how gotcha mm-hmm. games get you <laughs> they get some really good character designers uh you fell right into that trap uh, some pretty exciting news, but uh, apparently, wait, that's that's okay. Uh, Seven Seas has licensed the Eden and Deities No One Piece. Uh, Name Kawasan won't take a licking, and I don't really get it, but it looks like I was reincarnated in another world. That's a fantastic title. <laughs> uh, what is that one? Uh, Rin is a young girl in a primitive world of magic and brutality, sold as a slave and about to be delivered to an unscrupulous merchant. She suddenly awakens into a vivid memories of her past, a world called Earth, where Rin uh, was both gro- a grown man and a research scientist. Now she must learn to survive, combining her knowledge of science from her past life and her talent in magic from this life. I kind of like that for a gender swap world transfer. The idea of, like, they don't know who they are until they get older and then they get those memories. Because mm-hmm. then it's less creepy. <laughs> it feels less creepy. <laughs> Of course, I've always liked the idea, the concept of somebody developing a mind in another world before learning about the previous world in general. So, yeah. Interesting. And then you can pretty much continue on in that world using science to get ahead, which has definitely not been done before. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm excited for the Eden Deities, knowing only piece getting a, a license over here. Now, of course, that is the one that is being done by Kyokyo, I believe. So, it's going to be a while before it has new content. I mean, Kyokyo is already kind of way far behind for where the anime went to. Because the anime was, yes, supposed to be based off that. But was pretty much finished the first season based on what uh, uh, Shinja... Wasn't that Shinja? Um, Amahara had done previously with the web manga. So... I don't know. Like I said, I'm still up in the air wondering what is going on with that. If if Cool Kyo is going to be continuing it beyond what Shin, uh, Amahara has done, and then we can new get new content, is Amahara allowing Cool Kyo to basically do the story themselves going forward, or if Amahara is going to be feeding concepts of what they want the story to go into uh, further on in the manga? That's a big question mark, and I'm really kind of curious what that'll. I guess I need to find out where exactly it's at with the anime to find out if it's going beyond or not. But, um, yeah. Either way, exciting. Because uh, hopefully if it does continue on, we'll be able to get it over here and translate it officially. So, cue stuff. Cue stuff. Cue stuff. Cue stuff. Let's see here. English voice actor Chris Eris uh, has unfortunately passed away. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, he was well known for his role as Frieza. From Dragon Ball Z and Super Series. So, really unfortunate. I I don't really 
not to be mean or anything. I don't usually talk about dub voice actors when they pass just because we just don't, I don't really know them personally. So, uh, but Frieza was definitely, cause we did watch <laughs> Dragon Ball Z in dub originally. And obviously Frieza was a very well-known character. I think unfortunately too well-known because they would not stop bringing Frieza back every two seconds, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he technically did a really incredible job with that voice. Um, even so much, I thought that it was actually a female, uh, voice actor that did that role, but apparently not, but I guess he does technically have a, gruff to his voice so um yeah very unfortunate so let's see here uh we did that one already i guess the big news of the last few weeks and chris has not been able to give his opinion on the podcast or anything yet but yeah disney has apparently acquired rights for exclusive streaming worldwide for the following titles tatami time machine blues black rock shooter dawn fall and summertime rendering Exciting, Chris. Disney Plus is getting into the game. Yeah, I we we kind of discussed this idea, and it, it it it's frustrating in in some respects because it's I I do love the fact that we have a competition finally popping into the to it, which is something that we've been going. Hey, we need a competition of some sort, and it's like the one company that i don't really want involved in this is the one that's coming in to um to be the competition now it, it a couple of these are uh, at least one of them is is kind of interesting i'd i'd love to see black rock shooter um but man this is it, it's such a frustrating thing to have this situation of which i i'm i want to be excited for it and at the same time i'm like no Please just just walk away. Just just go the other way. While I love Disney as f- from my childhood, um, we we went our separate ways a long time ago. So <laughs> we we broke up. Yeah, we broke up. We don't talk. We don't even call anymore. <laughs> we don't even talk about each other. Just whenever. Yeah. Now suddenly, this person I broke up with a long time ago, like when I was in my I don't know, like twelve years old or something like that, suddenly out of nowhere is dating one of my friends, and I don't like it. It's just, it's like, no, what? <laughs> that person's crazy. Don't be going out with him. No, I, I think my whole point in the, the situation is, yes, we must acknowledge that technically Disney does own uh, Disney Walters, whatever. In the corporate ladder, there is Hulu. And Hulu technically has had an anime for a long time. Some very violent anime in their catalog. But it's not branded Disney. And that's the main point to really put. I guess the concern is, is when you do have the Disney branding on something, it's suddenly there's an expectation that it's going to be family friendly or not, whatnot. I do know that several people have acknowledged that apparently in other, under other regions, they have things like Walking Dead and stuff like AMC titles on their channel for Disney Plus. I, it, that's a surprise if that's true, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that affects what happens in the U.S., which is where their main branch is. So, I don't know. I, I can go with people in those those types of arguments. Um, I I like I mentioned it in my video on it. I'm not saying that this is like you know a death knell or anything like that. I'm just I'm really curious how that branding is going to work going forward. They could end up putting all these because they they basically said it's ex- exclusively streaming in Japan, um, and they have the exclusive rights for Disney Plus worldwide. But they've mentioned specifically that they have not finalized how it will stream worldwide. So what that basically can mean is that 
yes, everywhere that has Disney Plus worldwide will have these titles on it. Or it could just mean that each region, they'll decide where they want to put it, depending on if it's in their own Disney Plus channel or if it's something that's a subsidiary or another another um, another company or something. They could easily put it on Hulu. And then that concern will kind of be lifted a little bit there because, like I said, the concern really is putting it under the Disney brand and fearing that that is going to be something that is going to be censored because Disney's typically family-friendly. And... Oh, see, summertime rendering is supposed to be about a murder. So how are they going to handle that kind of stuff? Um, Black Rock Shooter obviously has a gigantic cannon and shoots a lot. I don't think Black Rock Shooter is much of a concern. Um, I don't know. Technically, your outfit's a little bit skimpy <laughs> to to some standards, but I don't think they're necessarily going to change that. But I guess more of the long-term concern is, as they get more involved, what... Will they be just as bad as Sony and possibly causing problems for anime in the future? And like as we said, it, yes, technically we want more competition in the anime sphere, but be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, it, it is literally, okay, What whatever you dislike about Sony is ten times worse with D- Disney. So yeah. that, that's that's my concern. It it, it I, ha- I I love the fact that we're getting the competition, but it, it's it's the problem is, okay... You ask for it, and then you go, wait, 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 no, 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 that's not what I want. I want somebody who's going to go against that so I have a choice in the matter. Yeah, and Disney is well known for causing problems in the anime sphere already. I mean, look what happened with Ghibli. I mean, I I, I don't know if I would blow it up that much, but there's a lot of people that would believe that they almost ruined the relationship of the Western audience for Ghibli. Like, I... It wouldn't have surprised me if Ghibli suddenly... I mean, they wouldn't because they made so much money with Spirited Away. But they cause a huge fuss with Ghibli, uh, Ghibli with how they release things and how they wanted to change things. And that right there is... Disney has a lot of power. <laughs> and just thinking, having your stuff on Disney's platform from a the standpoint of, you know, a studio in Japan is probably a really big deal. Again... Not saying they're editing thing. Not saying that we're, they're censoring anything. It's just the fear of. There is the possibility, and that's what we're concerned about. It's not that we're saying they're doing anything yet. Don't get it. <laughs> I, I'm starting to respond to certain comments, and I don't want to do that. Um, people have their opinions. think that I'm overblowing stuff, but like I said, just similarly to with the whole situation with um, with Sony and all that kind of stuff, it's really a, here is a concern. Keep an eye on it. It was like the world end thing. Not saying that there it was delayed because of Sony. I'm just saying keep an eye on it. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to do is keep an eye on things. Because the moment you see something and it's an obvious sign, I want to be on top of it. Because I don't want it to get to a point where we just accept it and it gets worse and there's no going back. So Yeah, we're already at the point of our our for lack of a better term, our spidey senses are already freaking out right now because we've already gone through all the point to get to this point. Now we're at do or die. We have no choice in the matter. It was either we, we can jump in and say, okay, your track record says this, you're doing this. We don't want this. We are the consumer and you are breaking the product. It's, 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 I don't know how to put it better than that. It's it's the product at this point is at at a at a crossroads. We have one of two choices. We either accept it and 
we have no 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 say in the matter after this point or we don't accept it and they change the product and we'd be happy whatever have you yeah because i think i think if the point comes that when you know like summertime rendering and black rock shooter stuff comes out and it looks like things have been altered in some way that's the point which we have to stand up and say don't do this don't mess this stuff put like i said if it's on disney plus and they have to change it to fit disney plus say hey put on hulu just put on hulu or make an uncensored version on hulu i don't care just don't mess with what our product is but we'll see it's exciting i guess <laughs> it's exciting i guess to have a another competition and again it it, it it technically does fall right again into line with all of the stuff that we talked about with the moment that sony bought crunchyroll it seems like so much stuff went into action like it it seems like it's hard to ignore that there was a like a shaking that happened within the anime sphere and the moment that sony bought funimation everybody started moving like i said netflix moved to doing you know weekly releases you had this buyout happening, or this, not this buyout, this is Disney coming into the picture. Uh, all these things kind of going into play the moment that that happened, because obviously that was a huge change in the anime sphere. So, And we were seeing it because we had, we had pointed out that YouTube seemed to be uh, things, some of the companies seemed to be shifting to YouTube or, or even, even before then, when we were talking about the sunrise start and the, um, the Daisuke and all that stuff. And it was like some something is going on in the background and we couldn't put our finger on it. And with Crunchyroll, that, that announcement, it was like that was when the dam broke. And now now we're seeing all the all the all the pieces start to to um settle down and we're it's interesting to see where things have shifted since then. It it has been an odd few years for honest truth. And yes, I do acknowledge technically that this move isn't for the West. Um, this is probably something they did in order to get Disney Plus more popular in Japan. Because like we said with Netflix, what happened when Netflix made Netflix Japan? The first move they made was to get a bunch of titles to put on Netflix for Japan. Because if you want to play in Japan, yes, you need to have some anime. So this is probably a move by Disney to get them more popular in Japan. And that was their way of doing it was saying, okay, we have uh, technically it's Tommy time machines, probably the biggest one out of all of them. But I know that a lot of people are excited for summertime rendering and black rock shooter has a fandom that's already there. So it doesn't surprise me too much. Those three titles were picked. Um, unfortunate for them. They didn't pick something like dragon ball or something, <laughs> but uh, I think that's more popular in the West these days than anything, but I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, you know Funimation's got that on lock. <laughs> mm, not in Japan. Yeah, true. Not in Japan. So yeah, cool stuff there. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Oh yeah, and also Sentai Filmworks has acquired licenses for Kakuguri second season. I think they got the first season like quite a while back, but apparently, I guess the other one popped. The license popped, so they grabbed that one as well. So I really need to watch that. I I just so need to watch that. Chris likes his. You know, all faces, was it all faces or the, the, the derpy faces as Edward calls them? <laughs> Girls gambling and, and being very happy about it. It was all right. I just, I can't stand the faces. I've never been able to stand the faces. It's just me. Sorry. And that's it. That's all the news that we have. That's all the, all the, the, no, the news that's important that you should care about because 
we you know we we know what's important and what's not. Uh, very quickly, because Chris made the call out last time, we did get two reviews, and I'm kind of I'm a little saddened by that. I'm just gonna assume it's because everybody that listens to us has already made a a, a review. So, but yeah, we did get two reviews, which I do want to point out because they did that. And we did call out for it. But yeah, Meta Reboot said uh, five stars. This is a, maybe you can get what this, what this is implying. It says, don't even compare Band Made to Myth and Roid. I don't, I, I think we just said it had a feeling of it, but sure. Uh, it says Dillion, one star. Overall, pretty decent, I guess. Lana, four star. I've only watched Dragon Ball, so I don't know about what they're talking about. Uh, Kaiden, three star. A fun, thorough anime podcast that always manages to hit the mark. Keep on going. Andrew and Chris meet five stars. So I'm guessing Meta Reboot is like multiple people, and those are their different ratings. Or if you went through and found a one, a a four, a one, and a a three star. I don't know. But thank you for the five star, I guess. I guess. Yeah, it seemed like he's uh, rating something that we rated or something and disagreeing. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, like I said, I think Meta Reboot is multiple people. But if you send me an email or something like that to explain that, if if you're like a podcast or something like that, and that's like multiple people, that that's great. But uh, Yoji uh, Yoji Yojimbu says uh, one of the best anime podcasts out there, five star. The uh, the podcast doesn't fool around playing crazy games, play acting, and talking about nonsensical things. Uh, details, uh, detailed discussions about current anime related topics, discussion about previous and upcoming anime seasons. I especially enjoy the quarterly anime music discussion shows. So thank you for the five star rating. Awesome. Thanks guys. I think we should start play acting more because that's, that's what the cool thing is. <laughs> Joking. Oh, as usual, also to support, uh, thank our Patreon supporters, Seismic Wolf, John Bear, Jason Marsh, Jekyll Geek, Mark Taylor, uh, QB, Adrian Dwalke, Edward Hernandez, uh, Sakumbi, Rodney Forehand, Theodore Mulrin, uh, Kevin Nauta, uh, Sergio Arlasso, Hector Amaya Jr., Ferro Saito, Butai, Yari, Smackatosh, Ben O'Driscoll, Jay-Z Meister, Havoc, Dave B., uh, Toshi, Nick C., Cesar Salas, Chris Richardson, CM Zero, David Machizuki, as well as thanks to all of our super chatters for our live stream, Ruby Rose, Yari Yusha, Khan Ertaf, Jay-Z Meister, Sky Kazukame, and also special thanks to Chris Richardson, who did like a crazy big super chat and tip our last stream. It's like almost 70 bucks, so really appreciate the support, guys. Definitely means a lot to us for you guys' continued support, so... Moving on to our great community, speaking of which, uh, again, you can go to the forums, which I think, uh, yeah, Butai said, make sure to go to the forums and join. Uh, I'm trying to get back on the forums more often. It's, it's just really hard with the fact that I have YouTube video making, I have content to watch, I have comments on YouTube that are getting crazy out of hand to keep up with, uh, making outlines every week, all that kind of stuff is really time consuming, but I'm trying to make an effort to get back on the forums. I think I'm going to try to do to post my videos from YouTube over to there um, on the actual discussions for the shows themselves. But I'm trying to get over there. But Butai wants to do over there. So <laughs> if you want to, definitely make it an account there. And you can post on the AnimeCast questions thread if you want a question answered on the podcast. Also, you can 
contact us through the contact us button on otakuspirit.com, as well as emailing andrew at otakuspirit.com. So I lots still, of ways to get a hold of us. I still lurk it. I, 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 I thought I you were to... handling it, but apparently not. No. I that didn't... was your job. <laughs> I've, been po- I've been paying attention to it. It's your job. Um, like Bacon Chips did through our email contact us button at otakuspirit.com. says, hola, Pepsi Cola. Says, uh, I just finished Paranoia Agent and really enjoyed it. Is there Pepsi in, in, the, in the dark web? There might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, which has me wondering, from best to least best, I think that's how you can, that's the only way that you can put it. <laughs> how would you rank all of Satoshi Khan's directed works? Even if you haven't seen them all, you can rank them based on the ones you really want to watch. Here's my list. He says, Perfect Blue is number one. Paranoia Agent is number two. Paprika, number three. Haven't seen it yet. Tokyo Godfathers, uh, number four. Haven't seen it yet. And finally, number five, Millennium Actress. Haven't seen it as well. Um, I'm pretty much on the same page as you, Bacon Chips. Uh, though I would put Millennium Actress probably uh, above Tokyo Godfathers. Those, those are the two that I have not watched. I'm actually planning on watching Tokyo Godfathers this Christmas because it is technically supposedly like one of those you must watch this for Christmas kind of things for anime fans. And I never have done that, even though I keep wanting to do that. <laughs> that's what I, that's how I handle Tokyo Godfathers. I never watch it because I always wait till Christmas to watch it. And then I forget to watch it because I get busy. So, but yeah, I've, Perfect Blue is definitely a number one for me. Um, Paranoid Agents, Agents, fantastic. Um, I, Pepperick, I haven't watched in so long. I've forgotten most of it, but I really want to watch Millennium Actress. So I'd put that above Tokyo Godfathers. Yeah, pretty much for me is is Tokyo Godfathers, Millennium Actress, and uh, Paprika. I really want to watch those three. I don't have a lot of um, interest in Satoshi Kon. I I know he's really, really well known, and everybody praises him. So I I should probably have a lot more interest in in his stuff. But as it stands right now, I don't have a lot. Maybe once I watch Tokyo Godfathers or whatever, I'll probably suddenly want to. I don't know as it stands right now. You should watch Perfect Blue. It's really good. Really, really good. I know. It is one of those sad things where I love Satoshi Khan and I I think he's an incredible writer and director, um, but it's one of those things where it's like getting time to watch this stuff is is always a problem. And it, It's like one of those things where you know it's going to be really good, so you're not like like, I need to go watch this to see if it's good. It's like, you already know it's going to be good. So it's going it's to sit there until whenever you have time or, you know, whenever you need, like, a really good injection of, like, perfection. That's what that is. So it's just sitting there. But um, I need to get more of them. I, I have I have Perfect Blue. I have Millennium Actress. Um, I think I have Paprika. They just recently, I think Funimation is doing a release of Paranoia Agent. I haven't bought that yet. And I think I have Tokyo Godfathers. I need to get them all. I want them all because they're, like I said, no, you can't go wrong buying that series or that uh, his his works. But yeah, good stuff. Really good stuff. Thanks, bacon chips. Seismic Wolf says, as requested by Chris on the stream. Here's a question. Uh, I think he asked on the on the on the live stream because Chris often streams every Tuesday in the in the afternoon. So check out his live stream. And sometimes on Thursdays. Sometimes. What are your biggest anime disappointments? Like, what anime was doing great, but just did not have a great ending? Uh, example from Seismic Wolf is Rolling Girls and Gangsta. Oh my gosh, Gangsta. <laughs> or like, what anime were you hyped for, but when it came out, it was just meh? 
I think gangsta is probably the biggest one. I, I, no, no matter how you look at it, it, that, that one is going to be one of the biggest frustrations I think I've ever had on an anime. I, I, I think, um, as much as I defend it, Dimension W probably now that I've cooled down quite a bit, that one was a little bit of a letdown at That's the end. So much I hype. wanted more. I wanted a lot more out of that show and I didn't get it. So I can I can kinda concede on that one a little bit. I still love that show though. Yeah, they that technically got a lot of hype. Like Funimation hyped the hell out of that show. <laughs> and it had a lot of good like material to kind of I guess promote it. It had a great style. Music was incredible. Uh, just the the colors and everything, how they were stylizing the show itself, it looked really incredible. So it wasn't it wasn't a shock that that didn't really turn out as great as it. Now I still liked it, especially the early parts of it, but that was like really centered around the concept of what. Oh, I was just trying to remind myself. I need to mention that one. Uh, which one? Death Note. Uh, but no, it, I guess the concept that I liked early on with Dimension W didn't really continue on the series. It kind of turned into something of like a bunch of people on some island and some research facility or something like that. So it, when it was like just them doing work, it was really cool because it was just the dynamic between the two of them. But when they lost that dynamic, it kind of just went downhill from there on. So Death Note is an interesting one because it's it's a lot of us kind of separate the two sections. Like there's a... There's an L arc and a near arc. And whenever somebody will mention it, it, it how fantastic Death Note is, it's usually a, 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 a point of, yeah, if you, if you stop and, and forget about the near arc altogether, Death Note is an amazing show. <laughs> but when you bring the near arc into it, 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 it kind of t- uh, it, it, it tempers down a lot of that. So in a way... The near arc is definitely one of those that's kind of a um, disappointment in a, in a lot of respects. Last season had a lot of them. <laughs> Dungeon and Black Company started out really strong, and then that just petered off. Uh, Remake Our Life had a pretty blah ending. Like, unfortunately, with Remake Our Life, it just was very anticlimactic. And like I mentioned in my review, it technically didn't solve the main issue that was present at the very end. Like, that last boss, as I mentioned it, didn't really get resolved in the end, which is kind of unfortunate. And I, I feel like there's, like, a lot here recently that have kind of disappointed me after quite a bit of hype. I don't know, anything that's, like, longer... Like I've mentioned, they they technically screwed up the last episode of Wonder Egg Priority, but that wasn't... I'm just kind of ignoring it. <laughs> I'm just ignoring that last episode and moving on with my life. Uh, obviously, the second season of uh, Promised Neverland, whereas the first season was a ten out of ten show for me, the second season wasn't. So that's a that's a huge disappointment for me. Otherworld Picnic was had a really cool concept coming into it, but it didn't really kind of pan out to anything interesting. Oh, Warlords of Sigdrifa! <sighs> Gosh, that show just turned out to be mush. I'm just joking. <laughs> just trying to get a rise out of Chris. Respark his hatred for it early on when he gave it anime of the year. Um, <laughs> it's never gonna. I'm always gonna hold him to that one. Ever, I'm forever. I will always hold Chris to that one. Oh my gosh, sing yesterday for me. <laughs> sing yesterday for me. Art was kind of a disappointment. I, I was kind of excited for that one, but that one just kind of. I don't know. It wasn't. That it got bad. It just it. Yeah, to your statement, disappointment's really kind of the better term for it. Just wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. That it, it didn't kind of hold my my 
expectations for very long. Oh, yeah! I got the best one. Rom-com where a childhood friend won't lose. <laughs> now, I came into that one with my guard up. Like, I came into that show, guards up, I'm ready for it, because I know this isn't going to turn out like I want it. Dogo Kobo is working on it. It's a show about a supposedly childhood friend that won't lose when they always lose. But then I'm going, well, what is it going to be one of those things where she doesn't lose because she helps him get the other girl? Or is it one of those things where she, I don't know, it, 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 I knew it wasn't going to be quite that. And sure enough, it's the one time where Dogokobo does an animation where I don't like the animation. I didn't like what it looked like. The characters were so off-model all the time. It was not the pedigree that Dogokobo is known for, which is really good on-model characters with really cute designs. And everybody's a childhood friend, so it doesn't matter. I seen that one coming into it. I, I I so seen that everybody was going to be a childhood friend, but it wasn't as much of a disappointment for me. So it was a massive disappointment for me. Massive, massive. That was kind of sad. I forget what that one was called. It was a tennis anime. <laughs> everybody was stars aligned. Ab- abused. Yeah, child. everybody was. Yeah, everybody was abused, and it literally had no ending. Really. Uh, the other work from Kanos- uh, Kanosuba writer, Kimono Michi, that was a huge disappointment for me as well. I was going that one really hyped, going, oh my gosh, it's the writer of Kanosuba, this is going to be incredible. Eh, not so much. Not so much. It's not too many, though. I mean, like I, I typically try to find like the best in stuff and not, I guess, dwell too much on things that don't really work out for me. So, I, I it, nothing really too like dramatic. I think the problem with things like what you mentioned with like uh, Gangsta and stuff is it had a great start, great build up, and then it just fell apart, which I think is like, I think the worst of it. Like if you get like a couple episodes into it and it doesn't work out for you, like right now we have the vampire always dies or dies too easy or whatever. It's like you come into that and you're like, oh man, this first episode was really funny. And then you get in the second episode and it just kind of dwindles off. It's like not too much of an investment. I'm fine. But I think it hurts more when you get, like, super into an anime, you're loving it, and then it gets to the ending, and it just falls apart. That's the worst, because then you have this feeling like you just wasted all of your time. Like I mentioned before, it, for me, personally, it doesn't hurt me too much, just because I wasn't, um, just because the rest of it was so incredible. But things like Wonder Egg Priority, where I want to literally say it's a perfect anime, but I can't because the that last episode <laughs> ruins it. But... It still hurts when you get that, that much investment in something and it just falls apart. So, See, I have the perfect solution. Banana Fish was a pretty big disappointment. Yeah, it kind of was. I have the perfect solution. See, I've never, never finished... Never watched the final I, Apple's episodes. <laughs> yeah, I never finished the, uh, the end of uh, Attack on Titan. I will never be disappointed with a- Attack on Titan. <laughs> That's how it works. That's how just never watch the final episodes. Never, never finish uh, uh, Sister, Siscon Sis- show... Emoto, oh, yeah, my my Emoto is so cute. Um, I never finished that 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 episode. I have the perfect ending with uh, Kuroneko. So there you go, there you go. Shobi was kind of disappointing for me. All right, I guess that's enough. <laughs> I think that's enough. I'm probably missing like a ton of them, but uh, thanks for the question, Seismic Wolf. Uh, definitely appreciate it. Jay Z Meister. Sends an email, says, it was recent and recently announced that High Dive will be ending its partnership with VRV so that the High Dive staff can turn their focus on 
expanding high dive um, owned and operated platforms. Do you, you both think it, this will be a good decision for high dive in the long term? Thank you for your your thoughts and opinions on this. I didn't hear the news that they were saying that they were planning on expanding on it. I mean, it's it's obvious they would be doing that. I just didn't see the actual statement by them. But no, I, I think I think it's good for them in the long term just because I think the only way they can grow is on their own, which I know is a very difficult thing to say just because if they don't have the more popular titles, uh, the more popular platforms holding their titles, it doesn't get much attention. Because obviously if you ask most anime fans right now, hey, where do you have subscriptions at? They're going to probably say, you know, Netflix definitely usually is. They're going to typically have Netflix um, but typically, they're going to say Crunchyroll and or High Dive or Funimation. If you say, "Well, what about High Dive?" They'll probably say, "What?" <laughs> they're gonna, well, that, that, I think that was... sadly, in the mainstream, nobody really knows High Dive or cares to know High Dive because High Dive doesn't have enough titles on their platform to warrant a subscription. Yeah, what I was getting ready to say is that that, that was um, the the anime channel or the anime. The the one the anime was, network yeah the anime network that was, was what was before uh, high dive and it's as it it, it kind of sucks what they need to do is focus on license acquisition and unfortunately they're going to have a very difficult time because um, basically Crunchyroll and Funimation are going to price them out of the market over and over and over again that's what we were talking about with Netflix or um, even w- like we were mentioning earlier with Disney they have big pockets they can they can price uh, uh, price them out of the market. All right, so here's the official statement by High Dive. Uh, service update fact. What does the High Dive's VRV exit mean for you? Start with our fact. says, what is going on exactly? High Dive is ex- exiting for partnered VRV. Um, can I remain subscribed? I think this is the thing we already read before. Um, I'm looking for specifically infrastructure improvements. Okay, so this is what we read before, and it doesn't have anything additional, I guess. Uh, sorry continue <laughs> that was a useless blog for me to find i felt so accomplished because i found the blog post and it means nothing um but no i i do agree i think the the problem really stems from what they have in their catalog unfortunately right now yeah yuki Yuna the hero is very popular for a fandom like this one fandom of people that really enjoy yuki Yuna, but it's not jujutsu kaisen it's not you know, the next big shonen. They technically need that next big shonen to be grabbed. But it's gonna the next big shonen is going to be really expensive. The shonens are always going to be the most expensive out of them because it's gonna be the ones that are the most successful over in the West or in, in a general audience. That's the problem that they kind of run into. Typically what they're grabbing is yeah, you can use a hero, they're grabbing etchy shows, they're grabbing stuff that I mean, we're assuming is probably the more cheaper titles, the stuff that doesn't really have a huge um, asking price in general. I think Yuki Yuna probably was pretty uh, expensive for them to grab, and I think it's a bold move for them to grab. But at the same time, I don't. I think in the general audience, it's not not going to be a, a subscription puller. And I, I think the next big move, I think if High Dive, the best way that High Dive can improve themselves going forward is they need to have a free option. If they can get a free option, a ads-free option into their system so that when I yell, hey, everybody, go watch this show on High Dive to support them, they don't go, well, I don't have a subscription. I can't afford it. 
I can't say, well, just wait for a week and you can watch it for free. I think that's the best way they can improve that, uh, that tra- at least the traffic to their site, is to have a free option. Because, unfortunately, if somebody goes to that site and they see, you know, they don't have a huge catalog, why am I here? I'll just go watch this somewhere else rather than paying a subscription for that one show this season that I want to watch. Um, they're not going to grow otherwise, unfortunately. But I will also say they aren't the best website <laughs> And now, granted, it doesn't take five hours to load something like Funimation, just loading my queue. I can watch, like, two shows on High Dive in the time it takes me to load my queue on Funimation. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not the most intuitive design. Like, clicking on a show and then having to scroll down and then click on the episode list to break down the list more. And there's still all this other crap on the screen at the same time. It's just not a really good design. It definitely looks more modern. But it's it's like... It's like somebody wants to be super artsy fartsy modern and it's it's getting in the way of the functionality of the website. Like it's not super generic 90s or you know early two, or 2000s type style layout, but you lose that functionality with too much floating crap and and tabs that adjust things and sizing and stuff, so it looks good. <laughs> Just doesn't function very well. Maybe I'll get used to it. Uh, but yeah, even their player stuff doesn't really have much options or anything like that. But like I said, that's where the growth can come. As long as they're supported and they hopefully get a lot more revenue coming in, they can improve things and move on. But they can't improve things and move on without some sort of support. So I'm trying to. I'm trying to support them as much as I can. But um, Yuki Yuna as a hero is enough for me to go over there. <laughs> I, I'm one of the few people that love Yuki Yuna as a hero enough that that's enough for my subscription. Like, okay. And I'm also trying to watch Kaginato there as well because, yeah, Kaginato is pretty much on every platform. But I want to give them the views for Kaginato that way. At least I'm watching two shows there. They have another one over there that I think that I I need to watch as well. Was it the other Was it the other um, mecha show? No, that was on Funimation. The Rumble Rumble something is on Funimation. There was something else on there. I know that Redress is over there, but I'm not like super into card capt or card fight Vanguard, whatever it is. <laughs> so Yuki is a hero, Kaginato. Oh, that's what right there. The Shiki Zakura is over there as well. Which I need to watch that one. But yeah. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Looking forward to more. Next one we have is from Butai. It says, hi, guys. It's the X-Otaku12034, known as Butai here. Uh, it's quite hard to think of questions that haven't been asked before, so I'll just wing it. And they are, if they're repeats, maybe you have different answers now. Yeah, that's typically what we've said before. If people don't know what's been asked before, just ask it again, and we'll, we'll give our different opinions. We always change that stuff. Like I mentioned earlier, we technically haven't done our 100 anime suggestions show in like five years and it shocks me <laughs> uh, and it's going to be a lot different list now than it was then uh, it says anyways question one what are each of your favorite isekai uh, recently most isekais have been kind of uninspired most notably spirit chronicles give us some good ones to get into um, I did a tier list on this and I don't know if it's still I think it holds my list I could probably use that, and then Chris can see all the different isekais from that one. 
But uh, we are technically probably your one and only source for isekais in the entire world. I don't know. I need to do my isekai uh, breakdown this season, which is not technically too many, like five or so. Six. I think we found out six. Um, I need to do that here soon so that... Um, I wonder if anybody is actually covering isekai because, if, if, I mean, I, I know that I'm not... Probably. I'm not I'm not really following a lot of uh a lot of uh uh podcasts anymore. So I don't know if there's still this absolute hatred for all things isekai. Why are you not loading? <laughs> tear tear maker, why are you not loading this? Look at just sitting here. I maybe tear maker's down. I think I guess tear maker's down. It almost looks yeah, like Yeah, I it, guess tear maker's <laughs> down. <laughs> all right, let me see if I can pull up the live stream. I was I was relying on that for all the information of the of the show, so I'm kind of I'm kind of screwed without it. Oh, I can look at my my lives. Yeah, definitely yeah, not I, the best I, there. I, I did get a kick out of that when uh, I I glanced on your stream and seeing no- Nobunaga Concerto. It was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, technically, you can call it Isekai, but it's technically time travel. That's what I was kind of mentioning when we were when we were doing the thing itself. It's yeah, sometimes there's certain ones that. You know, you can debate if it's technically isekai. The concept of isekai is just being transported to another world. Does that necessarily have to mean that it's it's, it's a fish out of water story? And technically, time travel like that is technically you're in another world because you're not in your previous world, which was modern time, Japan, whatever. But um, yeah, the the easiest one, the favorite. Like if I said number one of all time. I really want to say Mushoku Tensai right now just because it's so it's like it's in it's so in my brain like I yeah. can't stop thinking about it. But what will it be, you know, 5 years from now? Will it still be that one? I think the fact that it's being fully adapted makes it easier for me to be fine with it being my favorite of all time. Um I don't know. I it's it it, it I think Mushoku Tensai was probably going to be number 1. But I I like right there next to it is end of a bookworm. It is. It is one of those things. It's. It's like I almost wanted to m- mention Grimgar, and it was like I'm afraid of giving too much credit to uh, uh, Jobless Reincarnation, mostly because it's. It like Andrew was saying. I'm. I'm really, really hot on it right now. Yeah. Um, Mine shares. It, will. Will. Will I cool off a little bit later? Um, I'm. I don't think I'm gonna like dump it down into. Uh, horrible trash in as soon as they kill off a girl that he likes and he suddenly (laughs) hates it (laughs) they they kill off uh uh, certain characters i'll I'll hate it forever um but no it it is one of those things of yes i'm super hot on it uh uh ascendance of the bookworm is i that is one of my favorite isekais of all time uh grimgar is one of my favorites of all time uh re-zero is a fantastic show um these are all shows that it I I I don't suspect that they will. Um, my cooldown will be so much that it's going to lower it dramatically. But it is one of those things that I'm very hot on those shows right now. So I'm I'm trying to temper my 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 level of of love for them right uh, when it comes down to it. Yeah, like I said, if Sinus Bookworm really love that one. Uh, different concept with the girl going into another world, being technically put into the body of somebody that's possibly dying. And then kind of building up her strength. Uh, Java's Reincarnation, ReZero. I, ReZero is like one of those... ReZero is why I pause with Jobless Reincarnation. Because I was super into ReZero. And I love ReZero to death every time it's on. But after it kind of leaves, 
it leaves my mind really quickly. So it doesn't really stay as like a mind share for very long after it's kind of over. But yeah, like I said, when I'm watching it, it's like the greatest thing ever. Uh, Grimgar has always been a favorite of mine enough that I went and got the source material. So um, Konosuba, obviously classic comedy. It's hard to really put it up against, you know, serious or more, not really, not, most guys have comedy elements to them, but it's like full on comedy. But to put it against each other is kind of difficult. Um, I put two, when I did my tier list, I did two that were reverse isekais because it's still isekai, <laughs> which is, uh, Miss Kobayashi Dragon Maid, which is like perfection of, of, of Kyoto animation and recreators, which I think recreators is, you know, criminally underappreciated and had a lot of, st- I think unwarranted hatred when it was out. I really did love it. I think because everybody wanted like, I guess, I, I think everybody was so fresh off of, I don't know. Fate Unlimited Blade Works or something. They wanted like a full-on action show, but it was more about character developments and conflicts than action. So, yeah, Spirit Away obviously is a classic, and Overlord is is really good as well. The last, the recent season of Overlord was kind of a meh, but I'm hoping the new season will be will pick it back up. I don't know. I, I slime was really huge on my list for the longest time, but this recent season kind of just brought it down a little bit. Not not that it made it bad. It's just wasn't as hype as I was early on with the series. Some ones that are more obscure, Tsukimichi was really great, and um, the the Saint's Magic Powers Omnipotent was was really good when that one came out. Yeah, I I I, I would put all those in the same category of uh, Gate. Um, like Andrew was saying, Omnipotent, uh, the um, the Tsukimichi. I, I I would agree with your what you have on your tier list here. I don't know. I I think I would put Shield Hero a little bit higher, but that's that's me. Um, I think I was actually going to put Shield Hero lower because it that one definitely kind of dwindled away from me. Like it was super hype when it first came out, and it just kind of went okay. I, I think it was that last battle, like that that literally that last segment of that recent uh, that of the adaptation where they were stuck in this crater and fighting these church guys. It was like this is just really drug out, and this is really boring. Uh, I don't know. It was a really bad segment for the series that really brought it down for me. Just it was not interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the whole boat thing and everything like that was just kind of like, okay, can we can we move on? <laughs> something something more interesting. Let's get into a different story. Something needs to re-spark this. Yeah, I think I, the one that probably shocked people most is I put Sword Art Online as a whole in the good category. It's not, like, incredible. Um even Tanya the Evil wasn't is, is kind of in the good category for me. It's not an incredible series for me. I, I again another one that I'm super I was super hyped for going into it, but it kind of I think over time as I, I kind of cooled off, it it just kind of dwindled for me. But um, yeah, like I said, I still have my I, my live stream for the tier list up there. If you guys want to check that out, um, just yeah, tier list have... Thursdays, Isekai. That's one of those things that you you, you really have to um you have to be careful of both tempering your expectations when you go into a show and at the same time, um, keeping your hype level from destroying what, what, what you, because I, there, there's been times where me and Andrew are, are, you know, almost a year later we're talking and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I, I didn't much care for this. And as Andrew's like, you were so hot on that at, when when we were watching. I I'm sorry. I I I I just I've cooled down after after a time frame on that. I, but 
when when all is shaken out after after all the after time has gone by, it, it, you you do you do you level out where where you feel on on certain things. I I I I, I can admit to that. I'm not gonna bring up Warlord of Century. <laughs> I'm not gonna bring up Warlord of Century. I I'm not I never up. said I hated that show. <laughs> it's like the reverse effect. You I'm gonna you, go. I, I, I almost want to. I almost want to go back you and listen to it. I did. That's like I literally did that. That's why I make fun of you because I literally went back and listened to it. I hated a certain aspect. He sparked up. He had nothing but negative say, things to say with the first impressions. It's so good. No, even the review he was negative I, on. I got, it wasn't I until get, we, did the, got, we did the deliberations for the season or the year. I got stuck into a loop of saying a certain mm-hmm. thing to explain it to you, mm-hmm. and it sounded like I hated it. I never hated the show. He was like super negative on it. I didn't say you hated it. You were super negative on it. But then it ended up being your anime that you're over a sentence of a bookworm, which is crazy in my eyes. How much we love the sense of a bookworm. That's true. But that's Chris. Chris likes to downplay other things just to hype up one thing that nobody else wants to hype up, which I think is I, – I, I don't know. It's not a bad thing when somebody is willing to – I mean that's what we talk about with the the anime awards with, with Crunchyroll is this kind of feeling of me having to essentially ignore the – obvious big things the obvious big titles like i have to literally for this year um i'll have to assume i'm hoping the judges as a whole would hype up things like odd taxi or jobless reincarnation like i'm assume that somebody will handle those because i have to go look for these obscure titles that nobody will give attention that i think are incredible like I'll, is anybody going to talk about wonder egg priority maybe i need to you know, you know, put Wonder Egg Priority on a on a pedestal just to get it in the list. That that's like something I feel like some people do is where you ignore things that you obviously love, in in the sake of going and championing the thing that you know that nobody's paying attention to. Like, should I champion Super Cub? <laughs> You, you almost, I'm gonna get I, super I, I cub. I I'm gonna get super cub gonna, on every list. <laughs> I almost guarantee you, you're going to. I have to. I'm gonna get super cub on every list. As a judge, jeez, I'm just joking. I can't. I don't have that much power. <laughs> I just don't have that much power. We've we've already experienced that. Literally for three years now, every single list on Anime Awards ends up being nothing that I have on my deliberations podcast list, where I basically say these are my favorites, and there none of them are in. I think last year, I only managed to get uh, a of a Bookworm on one list, which I think was director. I forget. Or was it character designs? I got it on one list, and everything else was like not even my list. But that's just how it is. Nobody cares. We just have terrible taste, Chris. That's mm-hmm. all it is. We just have terrible taste. And I have worse taste than you. Uh, that's obvious. Because <laughs> um, I like to sentence a bookworm more than sig- or the Sigdrifa. Question two is: Could you please do room tours now that you have YouTube channel that get more reaction or traction? I think it would be interesting to see the amount of stuff you guys have and how you display them along with your recorded setup, recording setup. Um, I've been trying to work on a room tour. It's just a very – I'm such – I don't know what it is about it. I, I For some reason when I do room tour videos, I want to do it like perfect. And so trying to get the right setup of how I – because I literally recorded I think um, like an hour's worth of footage – um, doing a room tour, and then I, I've, I've all but kind of scrapped it. 
Um, I might bring it back and just finish it, but it's like trying to get the perfect setup for it. But I, I, I do want to get one put up real soon. So look forward to that on the YouTube channel. If you guys aren't subscribed to the Otaku Spirit YouTube channel, do so so that you don't miss it. Uh, it says that's all for the moment. Thanks for the great content and reminder to listener for listeners to join the forums. So there you go. Butai has said it. Join the forums. Talk to Butai. Uh, Ira has been screaming about that too. So don't, there you go. Don't discount him. There you go. Uh, let's see here. Retro Freak says podcast feedback. Feedback. Um, hey Andrew and Chris, I started listening to your. Uh, both back in July of 2021, and I've been tuning in weekly ever since. Talking Spirit has become by far my favorite podcast. This should be a review on iTunes, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I think you guys fill a void that is needed in the anime community, or at least you did for me. Uh, thanks for keeping me up to date with overflowing uh, my anime watch list. I'm not a big fan of CGI at all. The last CGI show I watched was Code Lyoko on Cartoon Network. Lol. <laughs> Uh, I decided to give the Duke of Death and his maid a try after you recommended it. I fell in love with the characters and story. Thanks for doing what you do. I you might want to try High Score Girl too. Yes, if you if you liked that show, it's literally the same group that did Duke of Death, and High Score Girl is an incredible show. Like that, especially if you. And that's the thing that we talked about when we were talking about High Score Girl was like, can you recommend High Score Girl if somebody has never? play video games like that's true technically half of that show is that time frame that 90s anime arcade slash retro uh you know super nes uh type era around that area of animes like when video games started coming from arcades into home consoles that was that era of time and so much so half of high score girl is about that time period of video gaming with this really cute slice of life and, you know, Cheesy puppy love, puppy love, yeah. puppy love kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's like I think you'd probably still enjoy it if that, you know, cute nature of the kids growing up together and just having fun. It's just it sometimes I think the only aspect that will be an, maybe annoying to people that aren't, you know, people that play video games in the 90s and stuff might be annoyed whenever it gets a little bit too heavy into geeking out about, you know, these goofy things about video games. But I think even still, as long as you have that cultural feel or you have that knowledge of that culture, you might still enjoy it. But it's, it's like, amazing. Like, I, I, I wanted to say it's, like, way better than Duke of Death, but it, I think they both do different things. Duke of Death is Teasing Girls uh, yeah. series, whereas uh, High School Girl is more that fandom slash just puppy love. Sugigakirie, if you like that, you'll probably love um, uh, High Score Girl. Just think Sugigakirie with um, with video games involved in it. Yeah, bouncing off of, of High Score Girl, I think that one's a good one. Or Teasing Master Takagi-san. I, I think if you're going from Duke of Death, it's going to be Takagi-san. Um, yeah. It's definitely going to be a filler there as well. So, But if you're just looking for – if you're just possibly looking for more CGI shows to watch <laughs> – uh, Line of Lustrous. See if that one works too. I yeah. I, I want to convert people. I I think I need to make a video on that, like how to convert somebody to like CGI uh, shows. And I, I think I have a pretty solid list with things like Line of Lustrous, um, Night Sidonia, shows like that. Where yes, they're going to be CGI. Yes, they're going to have that stiffness that you don't like. But there's this incredible thing in there that will get you to deal with it. 
<laughs> like these are the these are the shows that because the context, what's in it, it's going to force you to have to deal with it. And I think after a while of watching really good stories or really good characters shows that have CGI, you'll eventually get to the point where it's just you become numb to it. Like you're just like, yeah, it's CGI, but because there's something in it, I'm going to watch it and then I'll get used to it. And then I'll accept that CGI exists in anime, unfortunately, just to prepare us for the day when everything will be CGI. You know, it's coming. Like, you know, mm-hmm. eventually it's all going to be CGI. It's, it, it is funny. Either that or they like, they input the key arts of like, here's the first frame and here's this, this later frame and computers will do the in-betweens. I think they've talked about doing that already. Just, at, at, the, at the rate it AI is, as is moving, I, it it won't surprise me one bit. Yeah, it's it's a it's eventual. It, it, the machine learning will figure it out. I I think there's some sort of issues there um, that kind of prevent it. But for those that don't know what in betweens are, there's actually groups that do in betweens. There's people that do key arts, and what it is is a key art is essentially is the first point and the the, the last point of each of these shots, and the in betweeners will fill in those gaps in between it. So you have the person that does the art really good for the first and last frame and so that anybody like a, a standard animator can fill in the gaps in between because they have the base work to work off of and to have a, a, a basically an ai that can possibly figure out that this first frame and this last frame is somebody running so that it makes the legs move not just you know make this leg get to this leg or, or find the differences and just make it slide to it is the difficulty there but i'm i'm probably geeking out of technology <laughs> stuff. It, it, it's funny because when when I, when I we first getting started getting into the whole, okay, are we going to accept uh, CGI at some point, um, I think would probably have been... The first one that I remember watching um, was uh, Blue Steel. Arpeggio. Arpeggio. And... I didn't do that. There, that's, that's the funny thing. That was one that I couldn't stomach. Like, that yeah. was... That was in the beginning, yeah, because I, I was, as you're saying that, I was trying to figure out where my starting point was, and I remember you went to that one, and that was when I was like, I, that was at a time where I'm like, ick, no. Um, Babunki Baronki was probably the first one that both me and Andrew had watched, and we enjoyed it, because it, 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 it was able to keep a hold of the original anime style, while you could still tell it's obviously CGI, Um I take that back. Was, I think it was, um, Macedonia was, uh, was my first one that I really liked. That's true, too. Um, I was getting ready to say uh, Nobunaga Concerto, strangely enough that we we talked about it a little bit ago. But was that or was, I thought that was rotoscoped. No, that was CGI. Uh, yeah, I think it was, too. But no, that, Nobunaga Concerto was way later, I think. That's that, that's why I'm wondering. I, I don't think I can search by CGI on <laughs> on my anime list or anything like that. I wish I, I well, I, technically I can search for like Night Sidonia was probably what 2016 or something like that. Nice. That's way too. Uh, Nights is way too <laughs> way too obscure. You need to you need a little more specific, Andrew. Uh, 2014 was Night Sidonia. Oh, I gotta write the whole thing. I hate that any list requires you to write the whole that thing. That was 2014 wow. too. Wow. Right at the same time. So I just done it. I I just kind of dived in. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it seems like was was Arpeggio I, I want to say Arpeggio was 2012. I can't spell Arpeggio uh blue still. I could type that. Oh, 13. I was off by ear. That's what I mean. I I think that Arpeggio was like the first 
like when we first started getting really serious about talking spirit and stuff, I think Arpeggio was that first one that was full CGI that was like gross. And then Chris is like, but cute anime girl, continue watching. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Chris, you continue watching me go uck and walk away. Um, but yeah, this gets crazy. Cause like I, at this point I've accepted a lot of it just because of the fact that I know there's something in there. And so that's, that's was, how, uh, Babuki, uh, 2016. That's probably 18. Nah, wasn't that far. It's way later. 2016. No, what's the first one? Oh, 2016. There was like, yeah, there was same years. My gosh, 58%. <laughs> We're like the only one that liked it. Yeah, right. <laughs> but like I said, it's it's one of those things of like, really, we, we I mean, we literally had a whole podcast on it, but it was probably like a long time ago that we did that. But it is it is interesting to, to because it's so ingrained in us as Otaku Spirit, in the idea that we want to give everything a shot, um, that we really, I don't want to let the sum of it be, oh, well, it's CGI. So, blah. Uh, 2017, it hasn't been too long ago since we did a CGI podcast. But acknowledging that there might be something in there despite it being CGI is that critical thing that we focus on. That's just like Nighthead. Literally, I think I was the only one making YouTube videos on it and actually reviewing it and talking about it because everybody else seen Nighthead as being CGI, ew, gross, walk away. But then you realize, oh my gosh, the action scenes, the music, uh, everything is phenomenal in there. And it has a really good world and story that it wants to tell behind all this stuff. Acknowledging that despite it being CGI, it has some con- content well, is crucial for us. I think that we even probably mentioned it during that podcast where we were saying you're gonna have to at some point get get over the whole cgi is garbage thing i mean it's coming like andrew was saying i mean um when the greatest show right now is using cgi that tells you something attack on titan is probably the most popular title out right now and it uses cgi (laughs) yeah that's true there there's going to be a point where it's going to be more and more gundam see gundam uses it yeah that's that's tragic that Gundam Gundam is using CGI. You're going to start seeing more CGI. It's going to be more prominent and the hand-drawn stuff is going to be less. I mean, it, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen. I'm going to say it's going to be less prominent and it's going to be artsy stuff when they do that. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be like that rare case where Science Saru comes out with a cool... 2D drawn. I mean, it's crazy when you have things like right now, I'm a uh, uh, warrior at the borderline. That the selling point of that show is because it's 2D drawn mecha. Like when the selling point of a show is because they're literally being artsy fartsy at this point, doing hand drawn mecha is a shocker. Well, like uh, Ranking of Kings, I absolutely love that show because it looks so clean as far as a it looks beautifully hand drawn it's a storybook yeah it, it and it, it's 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 something that it, that's not going to be the common thing anymore and and it's probably going to be one of those things what like like we were saying it's going to be the artsy fartsy show that that looks all hand drawn and i i love kaguya um because of how hand sketchy it looks I that is I I fully acknowledge that that is the vast uh, minority in 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 a lot of shows. So it, it's going to be because it, it, it's while it may not be completely and totally cost effective at the moment, 
it will be at some point. Like we were talking about with AI rendering a uh, key art to key art, at some point that's going to be the cost-effective method. I mean, think about it uh, from the perspective of your um, when you're when you're playing your your favorite video game. When something frames, you see you see the choppiness. It's that same concept where. Um, Right now, it's not getting to the full um, aesthetically pleasing level, but eventually it will get to that point. Yeah, we actually mentioned about Kanagas Concerto and RCG anime. My curiosity is what – I'm curious is when it's going to become a point where you can't see it. And I think that's obviously where a lot of these uh, studios would want to be. And granted, it, that's not to say that CGI is cheap. It, it costs a lot of money, especially to create renders and to do it properly. And so it's not as if it's like, okay, well, they just all throw in computers into, you know, Kyoto Animation and suddenly Kyoto Animation is doing CGI because it takes a completely different group. You can't use the animators that you used. Typically, you can't just throw an animator that used to do draw hand-drawn animation and throw them onto a computer and suddenly it works. They would have to get a whole new staff that does just that because it takes a different set of skills in order to animate in and render especially in anime versus to draw it. They're just two different groups. Yes, they're both artists in most people's eyes, but they're different artists. They do different things in order to have the end outcome come out. But I I do hope that when that transition happens, it's more in a respect that you can't tell. Like you watch a show and you just don't know. And I think that, again, that's what the studios want before they'll ever pick it up because there's obviously a backlash to it. I mean, look at Attack on Titan. The moment they started using, you know, Titan's CGI pretty much primarily, it got a lot of backlash. The people don't want it. People don't technically want CGI. When was the last time you had a CGI anime that was anime of the year that was super popular? The super popular shows are shows that are not CGI. Now, granted, things like, you know, Foodable doing with uh, fake Unlimited Blade Works and stuff, but they are doing exactly what I meant, that ability to make it mesh to make it look like it's the same world and it's not like suddenly you see cgi despite their blobs and their skeletons <laughs> demon slayer uses cgi so well you don't know when that environment cgi or you, you technically tell but it doesn't take away from the show you see the environment with a 2d character in it even when it's sad because and, and again the a prime example of when there's something in something but everybody hates it Kimono Friends, that was horrendous CGI, but there was yeah. something in there. There was something in there that was truly fascinating that I wanted to get into. But uh, usually with me, it's, it's pretty much everything that's... Yeah, like, don't go into don't go into Kimono Friends expecting to, uh, to be blown away in the first episode. It's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> that's you're going to that... be running away in the first episode because it, <laughs> it, the first episode is like the worst of it. It just does not get any worse than that first episode, that first scene that just like, what is, is she running towards the camera? I don't know. I don't know what's happening right now. I'll put it this way. People who went into that, um, didn't, didn't go into it at first. It wasn't until later that everybody started really loving that show. And there's a reason why it's, it's a, that one is a weird artifact that, um, even the, 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 the second show that we ended up watching by that, that guy, he, um, th- there's, there's an aspect of those that you will probably, especially if you despise CGI, that one is going to be, uh, it's a diamond in the rough and, and it is, and it is a very, very rough, rough diamond. <laughs> so, yeah. 
not not to it it it's it, <laughs> well yeah, like we mentioned it was it was one of the things where it was more Kimono Friends was more driven by the Segoi nature, the discovery, the exploration nature, and it wasn't until later parts where it gets into the oh, there's something really weird about this world. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I, I think it's funny because Babonki Baronki, despite it being probably an example of a show where I don't think it's really so much, it's got some cool character moments. It's got a cool mechanic to it, but it, it's one of those cases where it's, it's technically a show where I'm not really, it's not so much that it was good because it had a great story. It especially didn't have a, a good second season. I think the second season really dropped off for me. But that Studio Sans again, I think it has one of my favorite styles of doing the CGI, which is more in the realm of very cartoonish cell shaded style too. Because obviously the big thing for CGI is how they cell shade it, how they how they how they actually texturize the characters themselves. Because they're all going to be a three D model, but how you manage to, I guess, flatten it as much as possible and give it an anime aesthetic is the crucial thing. Now, granted, they're not they haven't always been good at that, but I think they have a good style there. I think their their art style itself works really well. And of course they just kind of got in the bang dream and never did anything else after that, but <laughs> it's like they start doing bang dream, and that's all they have after that point. I guess there's Argnovolus. But they're from Bang Dream, so <laughs> they help with Primari somehow. I don't know. Maybe they just did like some little scene in it. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, back to Retro Freak. <laughs> Glad you enjoy our podcast. That's literally what we seek to do is to help fill people's watch lists. And obviously, job successful for you. And that's that's great. I appreciate the feedback and for jumping on and starting to listen to us. I, I, I don't think that you should do like other people do where they go, oh, cool. Let's go check out like all of your starting from episode. What Don't do that. <laughs> it's very rough early on. <laughs> we you appreciate scare it. us when you guys do that. Yeah, it's like, crap, they're going to stop listening to us because they're either going to get sick of us or they're going to really hate our old episodes and then stop listening. Um, but yeah. Anyways, I think that's I think that's all we will do for the day. Um, I think we have, like, uh, two more questions. So uh, we obviously had a lot of questions this episode. So <laughs> that's we chewed through a lot of them. So more questions, bring them in. Again, like like Butai said, go on the forums, talk it up over there. Um, appreciate you guys checking us out. And as always, to our Patreon supporters, um, all those support us through tips on our podcast. I think I'll put a, li- a link to our tips page on the main Nataki Spirit because I know we had in the past some people ask how they can support using things like PayPal, which technically that's what that does. It's using Streamlabs. But um, yeah, as always, we definitely appreciate everybody that supports us. Through telling other people about us, just checking out our channel, uh, giving our likes and, and views to YouTube and all that kind of stuff. We definitely appreciate everybody. No matter how you support us, you're definitely appreciated. And yeah, that's that's it. That's that's the discussional podcast episode. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed, and you all take care. Oh.